0: Welcome to the Big Golf Show. I'm your host, Nick Andreco.
1: Along with your host, Eric Arbe.
0: Eric, huge show today. Yeah, we've we've got a
1: special guest today. We've got uh we've got Gary Vaynerchuk. And Nick is such a big fan that uh, Nick, why don't you tell everybody who Gary Vaynerchuk
0: is? Yeah, I have a little bromance with uh Gary. Um <laughs> but, anyways, Gary is a uh, New York Times bestselling author of two books, uh, Crush It and the Thank You Economy. Gary's also the founder of Wine Library TV. He also has started back in uh, 2009, started Vayner Media, which is a social media uh, brand consulting agency with his uh, younger brother, AJ. Uh, Gary is everywhere uh, on the web.
1: Especially, especially social Twitter.
0: media, right? Yeah, I mean, he focuses really on you know, you know, the branding of companies and brands using you know social, yeah, social outlets like Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that.
1: Oh. Okay, well, so without further ado, I say let's let's get Gary in here. Let's get him on the show. Yeah, let's
0: uh, let's patch him in. Hello.
2: Hey, Nick it's Gary. Hey,
0: Gary, how you doing? Come in. Let's do it. All right, cool. Um, well, yeah, I got, I got Eric as well from Golf Web Design and the Big Golf Show on the, sh- on, on the line as well.
1: How you doing, Gary? Great,
0: Garrett? Eric. Um, yeah, Gary, no, we really appreciate you taking the time today to share some insights with our audience in the golf industry. Um, no worries. Yeah. So, um, well, we noticed – I'll just jump right into it. We're, you know, we're in the golf industry, and you know, we noticed uh, you know, a lot of golf courses tend to focus uh, more on customer acquisition as opposed to customer retention you know, the whole hunt, hunting and farming thing. So I wanted to see if you can talk a little bit about the long-term effects of chasing new customers, you know, versus verse rewarding or acknowledging your current customers.
2: Yeah, is. so so I don't think it's a versus. Um, I, and the reason I speak so much about farming and retention is because I don't think people pay attention to that at all. And so I think, you know, it's always the next catch, and it's always the DNA of the entrepreneur or the business to get the next get. And once they've got you in, especially in a country club or course you know, world, you know, there's pain points of leaving and starting that process again. And so I think we're a taken for granted kind of scenario. And I just think that that's such a short-term, short-sighted, you know, game plan. And a lot of people are just doing it subconsciously and don't realize they're doing it. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it's very obvious to me that, you know, in your industry, I agree with you and I've, you know, I've been to a lot of different kind of establishments in my life. And, and I think that. You look at the hospitality industry and you look at an organization like Four Seasons that spends so much time on why you're there, as much as they do on getting you there, you then become the word-of-mouth advocate for the place. And so I've heard people talk more about courses and country clubs in my life. And I'm not a golfer, but obviously I spend a lot of time with people that are. They talk a lot more about who's there than the amenities. You know, they'll talk about the course, but they'll rarely talk about the service. And so I think you're probably right.
1: So going along with that Gary. So like you said like our clients they're golf professionals and golf courses and and they want to they want to brand themselves in kind of their local market maybe like let's say within an hour drive. That's kind of their customer base. Um so what advice would you have maybe for for these businesses for golf courses and such trying to target local audiences uh, at a low or no cost solution?
2: Yeah, I think it comes down to creating content that's specific to the region. So if you're making, you know, if you're, so you're saying that your audience for the people listening right now are, are split up between instructors and course owners? Exactly. So if you're an instructor, I would tell you that you should think bigger than you are, meaning, don't think local that's what i did with wine library tv right i didn't make a wine show for everybody in new jersey and new york i made a wine show for the world which then increased my business in new york and new jersey but also created other avenues and opportunities i think it'd be very short-sighted to not realize that making instructional videos or fun videos or writing about it obviously video would really translate to this universe and recognizing that yes you might put it out locally and you may ask ten websites that are local websites to distribute the content but What you're one video away from one person watching that video in Hollywood for offering you a golf show or this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, I would tell you that the biggest piece of advice for the instructors is to not think local, but market local. And what that means is produce content that's global, but then ask for distribution From, you know, what I would do if I was a golf instructor with no money and no time is I'd make my videos, give my lessons, give my tips, make a quick little video, and then I'd go to the local newspapers in the area and ask if they want the video for their website for a a weekly column like Golf Tip of the Week or Day, find distribution for your content, and uh, away you go. Now, if you're a course, you are now getting into more local, but you can get into destination, you can get into new areas. For example, I think golf courses should really be thinking about Pinterest because they start figuring out how to market to females, because there's a lot of upside in that. And I've had a friend who ran a course and grew this business online years ago, mainly focusing on females, not the males that were naturally coming. So it all comes down to the same old thing, which is produce content, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a Facebook status update, whether it's a video, whether it's an audio, whatever it is, content's the king, and then finding the right place to, to distribute it, both locally and globally, is kind of the strategy you want to take.
0: And Gary, on that note, on the social platforms, you you know, you t- talked about Pinterest. There is, you know, how do you put out lots of content while still staying authentic? You know, to, to try to avoid going a mile wide but only an inch deep.
2: Well, I think that's a good point, and I think that I think that's two different questions. So, I don't think you know, if you're forcing advice, then you're not being authentic. But I think thinking about it differently um, is the way to go. Let me explain. So, I think. A mile wide inch deep actually speaks to the reality of the marketplace so I actually think there's a lot of opportunity in that we're in an ADD society everything's moving so fast so I would say hey don't be too romantic about making everything the most profound of all time and you you know I'm doing this interview with you and as you know sometimes it's something I say in one tweet that brings me benefit I didn't get to expand on it in that format but I will later you see what I mean by that so that's one thing Think of, think of these platforms as setups to the mile deep instead of it the other way around. Number two, it's all about just thinking about how are doing it. I mean, for example, if I had a course, I would start storytelling. That's what it's all about. And so let's say the 12-hole was a challenging hole um, on my course. I would start storytelling around that. I would take a picture of the 12-hole every day, you know, in the morning in the afternoon. and Just start storytelling. You know, there's just so many ways to to figure out what people are looking for. And I think that people are missing that opportunity, and and they're missing the opportunity to tell their story on this new social web, meaning no newspaper was going to write an article about your 12th hole, but you have the ability to tell the world about your 12th hole, and that's the real game-changer.
1: Wow. Love that. Um, You you like that? That was good, right? right? Gary, that
2: was
0: really good. (laughs) Really good. Yeah.
2: And you know and you know well, what's funny you guys you guys know my spiel, and you can see what what's it, why I think you thought that was good was you guys know my spiel, and so my spiel you see theoretically out there, and you see it, and I have to talk in general terms because I'm talking to everybody, but now the reason this one interview at they thing is so fun is you got to see me right now ad hoc create a scenario of how it could work in real life to your genre, and that's where I think it starts getting interesting. You see what I mean
1: exactly exactly. And and when we we actually have a lot of clients, Gary. That um, uh, we, we know you've dealt with big companies, CEOs, and decision makers, and we deal with these decision makers at golf courses and golf pros. And a lot of them are kind of resistant to change a little bit. And what what advice do you have for them to to get them to embrace these social platforms instead of kind of the they usually have the typical oh yeah well we have a Twitter account we have a Facebook you know account Add yeah but
2: that's, that's- That's like saying you breathe oxygen, right? doesn't mean you're living a good life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm in a little bit of a weird spot. I have no interest in convincing anybody anything. I'm just going to keep talking and let it all eventually play itself out. Now, I would tell you that you guys should spend less time. You know the the hunting and farming thing you started with in this interview? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me give you another version of that. I think you should spend a hell of a lot less time focusing on convincing people that don't get it and spending more time on finding people that do. You know, I mean, think about it. Okay, I get it. You only have limited courses. And in theory, you could have limited trainers. But there's still so many other things. There's sports apparel shops. There's, you know, youth uh, you know, the 8- to 12-year-olds who haven't thought about golf as something they should be paying attention to. And you guys can spread out and go a little bit further and go a couple more towns deep, a couple more towns deep. So, I think you put your hustle hat on and you realize I'm not going to pound, you know, Cedar Creek Grove, you know, course, because the guy doesn't get it. and I'm not going get it. I'm not going to waste my good hours on trying to convince him. He'll come around. Let me go out and find the people that are at least 20% of the way there, 30% of the way there, 50% of the way there. And as you guys have known, going through this, some people get it or, or try trying to figure it out and other people are stubborn or are doing too well to realize they're being disrupted, And so that's fine. I just don't spend a lot of time trying to convince anybody of anything. I talk a lot and I create a lot of content around it, but then I let the bees come to my honey instead of the other way around.
0: I love that approach, Gary. And, you know, so what do you say then to the people that um you know that have that want to do this that want to you know bring this into their courses or golf professionals that have academies that you know have a lot of people that come from all over the world they want to they want to do this stuff and they want to engage with their customers but they have very limited resources you know we always hear hey I wear many hats well
2: hold on hold on hold on hold on yeah. so they have the the one resource that we're talking about is time you don't need money right you don't need money to like take a flip cam and say something or write an article We're engaged with people on Twitter. What they're telling you is, I don't prioritize this enough to give it the time. And I tell them all the time, let's audit your entire day. And to a T, every person ever is spending 25% of their time on dumb shit, right? On something that they could have some $8 an hour employee do or not do at all because it's not bringing value anymore. And when you find that 25%, and that ends up being two or three hours a day, and you start applying that to your end user, you've all, all of a sudden found it. You know, I have people saying, well, I don't have time and I want this to work. And I'm like, well, tell me your day. And all of a sudden I find out they're, you know, watching TV by 830 at night every night.
0: your, Your famous stop watching fucking lost comment.
2: It's it's just it still rings true even though the <laughs> yeah. show's not on TV anymore. Yeah. I guess they've stopped watching it. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I think, I mean, the bottom line is the bottom line is you know, if you really want it, you want the success, and it's your business. Then you know, nine and ten and eleven and twelve and one in the morning are all in play.
1: Gary, I've I've got a question for you that I've, I've really kind of been wanting to ask you this. Um, if you could put on your fortune teller hat for us <clears throat> and tell us what you think the evolution of paid social media like app.net versus the traditional social media, you know, Facebook and ad-supported you know, social media. Where do you think that's going?
2: You know, great nerd question, thank you. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't think that paid is necessarily the restriction. I think that things like Path, where they restrict your friends, or I've always had this idea of doing an app that restricted how often you could talk. I don't think Money is the right restriction, Um, but I do think restrictions are valuable and will make products better in the future. I just don't think it's paid.
0: Okay. Well, Gary, then on that, you know, Google Plus. Do you uh, keep that fortune teller hat on, if you don't mind? Is Google Plus does have a chance to be a a big boy in the block, or what do you? It
2: does, but 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 it's not a social network. It's a social API, meaning. Google Plus in itself is not super interesting because the users aren't there. Google Plus is a layer on top of Android, on top of Gmail, on top of YouTube, and it's Google that decides to force people that when you get an Android phone, you have to create a Google Plus account. I think as a layer over the next three years, if they play it right, it has potential, um, but not necessarily as a direct social network in itself. Okay. I would never count out Google, they're bigger and stronger than people
1: think. So you seem to be pretty good at what like kind of social networks you've picked in the past, which are going to be super popular. Um most consumers we see, they're not on every platform. They're on like just one or two. Uh you know, one or two they they really like to use, maybe Facebook or Instagram. Do you kind of see this trend shifting in the future a little bit? And uh no, is I mean I think, even
2: I better think- reason. <laughs> no i think I think there's going I't you know listen I think that if as long as you can find another value add, then you then you start you know then you start having a chance meaning let's think about it you know Twitter and Facebook are very different Instagram it has some similarities to to facebook other but it, it works because it made you a better picture taker, so it brought another value to the table. The filters ended up being the secret in a lot of ways um and then Snapchat comes along, and it's, it's you know the, the pictures disappear, and that's the value for privacy, or gamification, or flirting, or you know boredom. So I think the number of platforms we will have will be completely predicated on how many at that time will bring me enough value to create a platform that has critical mass.
0: Hey, Gary, I know we we don't have too much more time with you, so I wanted to shift topics a sure. little bit um, and ask you. Steve, you know, Steve Jobs famously you know has said in the past. Uh you know focusing is saying no um and is that something that you think about when you're contemplating working with new clients and you know can you talk a little bit about the things that help you determine if a customer uh is a good fit at vaynermedia?
2: yeah, it is I mean we've walked away from business plenty of times, sometimes it's financial, other times we think that it might be too much of a challenge or you know not worth the time or the effort and so, yeah, I mean you know no is <clears throat> is a very powerful thing to do. You know, it's not something that's naturally come to me. I don't think I'm great at it. I've gotten better. I made a video called I Have the Yes Virus, so I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but uh, Mr. Jobs is right. Restrictions and saying no and things of that nature do bring value to business, and sometimes there is such a thing as a bad client, and you know, people need to recognize that.
1: Okay, Gary. Well, I think this might be our last question. Um, people trying to start businesses and ha- maybe have ideas like golf pros receive for training aids, things like that, that have all kinds of excuses of reasons why not to get started, maybe lack of motivation, fear of paying their bills, etc. Any tips on helping them to get started and pursuing their, their real dreams there?
2: Interesting question. I would tell you that I'm going to give you a curveball answer instead of what I think you know, you well know, instead of giving the rah rah kind of answer, I actually believe more and more of you get it in my life that there's plenty of people that shouldn't start a business. That a guy like me never thought there was any alternative, right? And that if you've got all those hesitations, then you may be inclined to find a partner that doesn't. Maybe you're the practical one, but it takes a certain spirit and a certain DNA to be a good entrepreneur. And if you're really dragging your feet for decades or, you know, or years and years and years, you know, maybe you aren't, maybe, maybe that person's right. Maybe they, you know, don't forget, there's a real reason why 99% of small businesses fail. It's because it's hard. Most people aren't good enough. And so I, I, I would say this, I would say that a, it's never been cheaper or easier to start your own business. So that's the good part. But B, Instead of having everybody saying, oh, do it, do it, do it, maybe you're on to something. Maybe you know yourself. Maybe you know your practicality. Maybe you know how hard you're willing to work. Maybe you just know your own DNA. But recognize starting something on the side that isn't going to make you quit your job might be a good way to feed it, test it, try it out, and see how it feels. And that's the beauty of the Internet, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m.
0: And Gary, um, I, yes, I know we got limited time, so I wanted to appreciate you making, that, making some time in your schedule today. Uh, to, to chat with us.
2: No worries, guys. I really, really wish you well, and thanks for the interest, and I hope uh, everything keeps going great for you.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary.
2: Take care, guys. All right, take Bye-bye. care.
0: Right. Well, Eric, that was that was pretty awesome to listen to Gary talk, uh, talk at length there about uh, some things that really affect our industry. Yes,
1: that was. That was really interesting. He had some really good thoughts there on some of the questions we asked him. So, how about we break down a few of those so our listeners can get a little bit more insight onto what he said?
0: Yeah, I would lo- yeah. Let's spend some time kind of going over a little bit what he talked about, and um, you know, giving maybe a little bit more uh, granular, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> granular, yes, uh, granular answers to uh, dissection of, of some of the stuff he talked about. Okay. Well, the, the first thing he spoke about was uh,
1: that we that we asked him about was the hunting versus farming, and what we meant by that was the The customer acquisition, basically going after new customers versus keeping your current customers and your regular customers happy. And, Nick, I think this relates to the golf industry, whereas, you know, we see a lot of golf courses maybe, or even golf professionals trying to get new business, new business, new business. Whereas, you know, do they have any programs in place that actually reward their regulars? and and keep their regulars coming back and making them, you know, raving fans, if you will. So they will put the word of mouth out there even more for them and really rewarding them uh, as opposed to putting so much in effort into just getting new clients and not focusing on retaining the current ones. What's your thoughts on that? You,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you know who does an awesome job at this already? Who's that? Starbucks. Yes, they do. Good when, when Gary was talking about... Yeah, when he was talking about that, that's the, that's the first company that came to my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know they they do a great job, and for people that aren't familiar or not Starbucks addicts like uh, like Eric, <laughs> um, <laughs> what what they do is they they have a couple of different kind of reward programs. They tie it really nice into the app uh, that they that they offer uh, to where they reward you at like uh, for example, if you're on the gold level. Um, which means you go there, you know, you go there quite a bit. Um I think after you go make the thick thirty visits you get on the kind of their gold plan and they give you like free milk upgrades. So if you go to like, you know, fat free milk or soy or something like that, they give you they, they don't charge you for it. Um they they give you a free drink every fifteen drinks. They you know they'll send you random uh, emails every now and then about, hey, from two to five today you can get some um you know, buy one get one free stuff like that. So they're really trying to, you know, say, hey, these are our current customers. These guys, these these are the people that spend money with us already. Let's, you know, let's kind of give them a, a little thank you. Yeah, they're really rewarding them for being good customers. So that's- you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how many courses out there. I mean, the courses we that we have been helping. I know we've been talking about this a lot with them, and and hopefully a lot of them take take the advice moving forward but uh you know we've talked talked to them quite a bit about uh, doing something you know similar to this of where you know, if you got someone that's playing every saturday at your facility um you know what's what's the big deal with cop uh, you know comping them a cart every now and then yeah or you know throwing throwing them some range balls it doesn't cost you anything a frequent player you know, giving, card exactly yeah, something like that. Exactly. Every 10th round is free, or you get a
1: free uh, free card, like you said. That's perfect.
0: And it, it just helps. It gives you something to build off of to, to kind of grow. I mean, it's free marketing. I mean, that person's going to, like, you know, rave about you. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell all his friends Easy. to go get the card as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the card is, the card is you know, one way of doing it. and um, But you just... You know, basically acknowledging that your current customers are there and, and taking good care of them, whether it's, you know, you, you got someone that, at a public facility that plays your course a lot and, you know, when you're talking to them, they just had the worst round of their life or whatever. Um, you know, give them a free half-hour golf lesson. Go, go out to the range and help them out for 15, 20 minutes or schedule a half-hour time and just say, hey, let's get this straightened out. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't cost golf pros anything. It doesn't cost them a, a, a dime to do that.
1: And it'll go a long this- way towards helping them keep a happy customer.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So um, let's chat about what he was talking about, uh, the global versus local reach. When we asked him that question about how do you market, you know, towards your local audience? And he was like, I don't like to think of it like that. You know, I like to, you know, put out your content and act as if it's going global, but distribute it locally. I really like that, what he was talking about, because that definitely goes towards a lot of golf pros. I know a lot of golf pros we deal with are using video. So, Nick, what do you you think about about that local reach? What he was talking about, like newspapers and getting your content in
0: places like that. You know, I thought that was really neat what he said about um – yeah, getting getting it out there and giving it out to the world to where it doesn't matter where you are, they can still view your videos or read your blog, and, and you know you kind of build up a little status that way, and then it's just going to kind of trickle down and it, it'll affect you locally. You know, the people are going to want to you know take your you know take lessons from you, maybe drive in or they're going to tell a friend locally or whatever. It's going to build your base that way, and then and then yeah, hitting up local things, whether it's local. I you know he made a reference to like local websites that serve the community or, uh, newspapers, um, local businesses, stuff like that, that can, you know, maybe help you grow that. And they can say, Hey, this golf pro, look at all the content he puts out, look at all the things that he's been doing. Um, yeah, it's on a global scale, but it affects the people locally as well. And that's how you get, you know, you drive that in. Um, right. You know, I mean, what do you, what do you, th- what do you I say, Eric, what do you think about him? Uh, you know, when he did, you know, when he did talk about, Hey, getting, making sure that, uh you know, you don't. I don't know if he was necessarily talking about making sure that you don't forget your, you know, don't don't rule out local. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about like you know, twitter.com/search, and searching locally and doing some small hunting that way if you're trying to get new clients as well. But I don't know. What were your thoughts overall on that, though?
1: Overall, I think I think it was really good, and I think a lot of a lot of golf pros and golf courses. The, the takeaway there is that he was talking about content, and when he when he says content, he means everything you kind of put out on these social platforms and websites whether it's blog articles whether it's your just your website in general or it's your tweets or your videos on YouTube or Vimeo wherever you put them basically the content you put out for your audience um put it put it on the proper channels and see find better ways to get it distributed that was a that that's huge right there it's, find out how to get it out there. It's one thing just to make a video, but how are people going to see it? How are you going to get eyeballs on that video? So that's what he's talking about, the distribution of it right there. And I think finding creative ways to get your content distributed is really important, and that can really, really grow your business.
0: So, You know, I know you were, uh, when he said this, I know that you were grinning ear to ear uh, when he talked about Pinterest, I was
1: grinning. I was grinning
0: because <laughs> I
1: knew that you, Nick Andrico, had uh, had <laughs> said in one of our previous podcasts that you really like Pinterest, and and he and he talked about using golf courses could possibly use it to market towards females. And I didn't. I think it was like two magazines ago, PG Magazine or maybe three. Uh, they came out with the issue for the in quotes purple people, and they were referring to women and getting more women to play this game. So uh yeah, that that was pretty funny. What what do you think about that, Nick?
0: What? Well, I don't want to I don't, don't want to sound like an ass, but I've been saying have been, I've been saying that for a year now about Pinterest. That Pinterest people are not giving Pinterest the attention that it deserves. They're missing a major audience by not engaging in, in using Pinterest, but I just I thought that'd be funny, just to kind of. I know you were. That was. I know you were sitting. I know you were sitting there thinking, "Damn it, (laughs) Nick's gonna love it." Gary, Gary, Um, Gary
1: likes Pinterest.
0: But um, on uh, with tying that in, though, Eric. You know, we talked about the you know mile wide, inch deep. You know, when we're you know staying on the topic here of content. You know, not. You know, Gary made an interesting comment there about not being too uh, romantic with your content. And, and and using these platforms to kind of set you up for the bigger message and for the bigger show. On, what are your thoughts on that? What do you want? What do you? Uh, what do you want to? What did you take away from that? That
1: was interesting. How he said not being too romantic, and I think he kind of meant that you really don't have to sit there and take your time to carefully craft every tweet, every video, every blog article. That you can put some raw things out there, just like he does. He just I, he. It was really interesting when he said, you know he just puts it out there and if people like it they like it if they don't who cares and that that was some really good advice for a lot of people but i think he he was really talking about it. you don't have to carefully curate and craft everything that you can just put it out there and like he said some tweets really stick you know they get quoted a lot and retweeted a lot some don't so you know that content he puts out there is it's it's all good some is better than the others what I got out of it, what he said is content is king. So at least you're putting something out there, right?
0: Yeah, I mean we we talk about that all the time, and you know we encourage people. And you know he talked about that as well. Like, hey, there are just certain people. I mean, target the people that are going to be that are that want to listen. You know, the, so I get. I think that's true, not just in this platform, in, in this you know business model or platform or what do you want to call. Uh, the social web, but I think it's true throughout all of business. The people that want to become better teachers, you know, they're going to seek out um, better teachers to follow and in uh, instruction methods and um, you know further education, knowledge, and, and everything that comes along with uh, you know wanting to be a teacher at, at the highest level. Um, so I think that's you know, the people that want that information, that want to find out how to do this and, and how and how to interact and you know how to make a. I guess kind of make a name for themselves. I mean, they're going to go after and do this. You know, they they want to, you know, they want to find the answers and they, and they have this uh, kind of a quest for knowledge, if you will, on how these platforms um, can work for them.
1: I love it. So, I love it. Let's, let's chat about what he was talking about prioritizing your time. You made a funny comment about lost in there. I really, I <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit.
0: What? Well, Gary makes a comment and, and I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, will uh, I'll, I'm not going mean, to say Gary basically says stop watching fucking lost. He says that in a lot of the, in a lot of the keynotes that he does and what he means by that. I and mean, Gary swears a lot, but um, what he means by that is, is basically stop watching TV, <laughs> you, you know, and, and at eight o'clock at night and nine o'clock at night, you know, after you put your kids to bed or, you know, if you have kids when after you put them to bed, if you're single, then you don't have an excuse, but um, you know, you should be working. Really, you think so? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we we do that. I mean, I don't, you know, that's no, that's not a secret. I mean, friends friends of ours know that. I mean, you know, you, the thing is, is that there's why can't you why can't you engage on Twitter for twenty minutes at nine o'clock at night? You know, I mean, the, the the it's just a different world that we live in. You know, it's not the go to work at eight a.m., come home at five o'clock, shut everything down, and and and. Uh, you know, tune the world out. I, I don't think that that's the world. Uh, and once again, I'm I'm talking about people that are looking to expand their name, their business. I mean, if if you're happy, if you're if you're an, an owner of a golf course and you're just happy coming home at night, whatever, and you believe you earn that, that's fine. You have other people that are doing this for you, but I think on some level, there are people. There has to be someone at the business that cares enough at nine o'clock at night to put in 15 or 20 minutes and if you talk to gary he's doing it from 10 to 2 right right
1: so i like what you said there doesn't exactly apply to everybody but if you're really trying to make a name for yourself or grow your business then go on that extra mile and and working and, and prioritizing your time just like you said instead of watching lost or watching you know doing doing silly things make good use of that time make it productive right
0: well, it, you know, you can equate that to anything outside. You don't need to just, you know, include Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or, you know, making YouTube videos or anything like that. This is, applies to if you want to get in shape and go to the gym. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it, it. If, if, it, yeah, if you want an eight pack and, you know, you don't want to have a gut when you're, you know, 45 or 50 years old, um, you know, eat a little bit better and go to the gym. And, you know, the people that do that are going to see the rewards, and the people that don't do that are not going to see the rewards. Exactly. I just think this applies to anything, anything you do. Exactly. It's, you know, you know, golf. I want to play on the PGA Tour. Well, I don't practice at all. I don't do this. I don't do that. How are you going to play on the PGA Tour then? Exactly. I don't play tournaments. I never, you know, whatever. You know, every excuse in the book. But, you know, the people that are, if you look at, you know, on the example of, you know, PGA P, trying to make it on tour or whatever, you're looking at mini tour players you know the guys that are dominating and that are doing well in mini tours they put in their time and they're putting in their time right so i love that I, you, you know hustle you know basically don't underestimate hustle and and properly prioritizing how you hustle right
1: don't do the wrong thing well we made
0: the jo- we we made the joke too like you know one of staying with gary you know um he did a he did a really neat video uh, like it was like a minute video or a minute and a half video. Um, uh, he was recording it. He recorded it when he was his flight was delayed. He was sitting in the airport recording it. That's not for everybody. But what you can take away from that is the fact that there was a little window of time to what you know he had a thought in his head or whatever it was, and there was a little window of time, and he has the audience to go ahead and hey, I'm going to share this kind of. You know, I'm going to share this knowledge with um you know with my fan base and with the people that want to listen. So I mean we'll you, I mean do you want to I mean, we don't need to, we don't need to beat a dead horse but I mean do you want to say something about basically or talk about a little bit about um you know using using those little lost minutes of your time. I mean he does talk about you know people wasting. you know he, he used the, the number 25% I think I think he said that or it was an earlier uh, if he didn't use a number, I know it was from an, another video of his that he, he used a number, 25% of people just waste time doing stupid shit. <laughs> um,
1: no, I, I think, think we've that? covered that really well, that that whole section about prioritizing your time. I think that's we, – we've covered that, and that's that's really good. A lot of people can learn from what he said about that. So how about – I really liked his answer Uh, and when he called it a nerdy question about the Um, (laughs) app.net. But when he was talking about the value of the platforms out there, what do you think he meant by that when he was talking about the value of Instagram, how it's got a different thing than Facebook and a different thing than Twitter?
2: Yeah,
0: well, we talk about this when, you know, we get the question, what platform should I be on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I... I just think that you know we always say all of them, and the reason that 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 equates to what he was talking about the value. I mean, Facebook brings you a different value than Instagram, than Snapchat, than Pinterest, than Twitter. They all bring you different values, and there's not one platform that does it all. Now, there's going to be certain platforms that people gravitate to. I think you know you asked him the question, "Hey, most people are just on you know one or two platforms. Do do you see that shifting?" And he didn't think so. You know, he was basically saying that, um, you know, it's going to be whatever apps or whatever, you know, platforms that are out there that are bringing value at that time. Exactly. So I, I think that that's why when you're a business, you do need to be on all these platforms because, you know, Eric might use, you know, Instagram 80% of the time and Twitter 20% of the time. And I might use Facebook 10% of the time, Twitter 70% of the time and, you know, Pinterest and Instagram, the, the, you know, the remaining, uh, you know, 20% of the time, whatever the, the ratios might be. So the thing is, is that you, you in, in order to kind of have that broad reach, that mile wide, if you will, um, you know, yeah, using, using, getting, getting on all these platforms and giving out your information and your content, uh, delivering it in all these different, uh, all these different ways. I mean, what would you take away from that? I think, no, I think that's exactly right. And
1: I think that, businesses need to look at themselves and the position they're in and find out start at the platform that may offer you the most benefits right away so teaching professionals it might be youtube because it's all video and you should be putting out you know some really good quality instruction so you know your potential students can see what kind of teacher you are and get you know get some great tips from you really quickly and that might be the good place to start and then branch out into Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook or you know, but basically find out where your strongest audience might be and then branch out from there. But I but I really like that how he said each yeah, each social platform has a different value, and that's so true. So <clears throat> so Nick, let's um the the kind of thing we, we capped it off with there was how what's some advice People can get if they want to start something, a business, a training aid, whatever. If they want to get out, and they got this idea, but they're they've got a million different excuses. Oh, you know, I work too much. I can't pay the bills. Blah blah blah. I like what he said. It maybe put some people off, right? Because he said maybe it's some people aren't born to create a business. Um, but the one thing that I took away, and that you mentioned, that uh, one of our other uh, interviewees said, was recognize your weaknesses. And find somebody to compliment those. Who who was it that uh just said that? I forget uh, the
0: merchandiser of the year, George Caroff right. from Colorado, talked a lot about in, in the podcast we did with him, talked a lot about uh, you know <laughs> I mean George is a real smart guy, but I think he's the first one to tell you and uh <laughs> he doesn't know everything. Yeah. Kind of makes and, you even smarter. Yeah, I mean, knowing where your weaknesses are, I mean, what a great what a great thing to do to kind of look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, I suck at this or I'm definitely not very good at this. Let me hire people that are." I think that's terrific and, advice. You know, this I know he was talking, you know, your your question I think was more geared at, you know, entrepreneurs and starting, yeah. you know, if someone has a training aid stuff like that, but I think this applies directly to hiring. I think it applies to a lot of things. Absolutely. At, at everything within the golf industry. I really like that
1: because more people need to realize that they can't do it all. And they're not going to be, you know, a jack of all trades. So they need to find somebody who can complement their weakness.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, if if you can, this ties back to kind of the, you know, the prioritizing your time as well is that, you know, you shouldn't probably do it all anyways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, Like that time, that time that you're spending doing whatever it is, whether it's taking you know 30 hours to edit one video to put on YouTube, um, you know, taking that time. Why are you spending that time? You could be spending 30 minutes and putting on YouTube and spending the other uh, 29 and a half hours instead of putting you know graphics and doing all this other stuff. You know, putting, you know, doing, uh, engaging with your clients, you know, hanging out with your wife, doing something that brings you value, other than just wasting time to waste time. Love it. So, all
1: right. Well, that was that was a fantastic uh, interview. That was pretty fun, Nick.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was uh, talking to Gary is, is is really cool, really great time. And you know, if people out there um, that have never heard of Gary, and most of our audience probably hasn't. I mean, check out his stuff. It's garyvaynerchuk.com. dot com. We'll put a link um, uh, on the Big Show. dot com so you can go check out Gary's site. Look at some of his stuff. Um, I know he speaks all around the world, and uh, if you get the chance to listen to him talk, I mean, what a great you know. Not he's you know, I, we look at him because we're coming at it at a different angle. We look at him as you know, he's also a, kind of a motivational speaker, if you will, too. But he's um, he's just a really good business business minded. A genius to uh, to listen to yeah very entertaining to watch and to listen to and and, and you know everything he said I, I don't know if i've ever listened to anything he says that i disagree with which i i he might be the only person i can say that and maybe in you maybe you eric as well oh, oh thank you <laughs> such a good compliment <laughs> Okay. Um, but, Eric, yeah, how can, um, you know, we'll, uh, if people want to get in touch with us and, and uh, you know, tweet with us and check out the website, how, uh, how can they do that? People can
1: do that via Twitter very easily in 140 characters or less. At uh, The Big Golf Show is our Twitter handle. They can go to Facebook, shoot us a comment, and like us at facebook.com forward slash The Big Golf Show. Or just go to our website, thebiggolfshow.com. You can listen to our podcasts right there, or you can subscribe to them via iTunes. Just open up your iPhone, your iPad, go to the podcast app, and search for The Big Golf Show, and subscribe right there. Tons of ways. Tons of ways. So that's uh, the, I think that's it for us today, Nick. Have a pleasant weekend. Yeah, I hope.
0: No, I hope everyone got something great out of that, and um, we'll talk with you soon.